Two-party podcast, we use Anchor because it's such an easy platform to uh, get get advertising and sponsors over a variety of different areas where you can get your podcast heard on different platforms. Uh, it's easy to upload. It's easy to add content. It's easy to delete and edit. Um, it's just a very simple platform. Helps you get your get off the ground, kind of help you get your podcast moving forward, um, and simplifies a lot of things in the business that that typically you wouldn't know and you'd have to learn. So it, it does help with the learning curve. So we we really appreciate and use Anchor uh, as well as as many other platforms we've tried, Anchor seems to be the easiest. This is Dean Tedder from the Two Party Podcast. We are here with Lindsay Guns. Uh, we're here to talk about, of all things, guns. And we're going to talk about two, uh, the 2A, two the, the Second Amendment. I'd like to discuss um, the things that are going on in the world today. But first, I want to introduce Lindsay Guns. And she's going to tell you a little bit about herself and tell you about her certifications and what she does in the industry. Go ahead, Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, so my name is Lindsay Guns. I have been an NRA certified instructor for five plus years now. Um, currently doing uh, concealed weapons classes and personal private instruction in the range um, at a local range here in Sarasota. Excellent. So you're, you're in obviously Sarasota, Florida, just for our audience. Um, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I grew up in Florida. Um, I, well, I, I grew up all over the place, but Florida was, is what I call home, always has been. Tampa, Miami, Palm Harbor, Clearwater area has always been my home. Um, so yeah, you, you basically, um, on Facebook, we became friends. Um, I know a few people you know. Uh, I grew up kind of in the, in the Palm Harbor area, but I know, I know just a lot of people, just mutual friends. And um, I, I've always been a big gun advocate. Um, my father raised me that way. Uh, we, we hunted. Uh, my mom was a single mother for many years before we, I, got, I met my dad. And so we had neighbors that used to take us hunting for my mom while she was at work and stuff. So uh, I've always been around guns, always had a love for guns and hunting, and um, just always enjoyed the, the responsible side of guns. I mean, it's, it's literally, um, it, it's a little different these days, I guess, because it seems like we hear more in the media about the bad side of guns more than we do really the good side. Right, right. I, I totally agree with you. I think that a lot of people out there that are unfamiliar with guns that did not grow up the way you and I both did um, don't understand what the gun culture, the gun community is actually all about. It is not the way they portray it in the media whatsoever. We are a tight, close-knit community. Anybody would do anything for anyone. Um, you're at the range. Hey, man, what are, you, what are you shooting there? Oh, would you like to try and shoot it? You know, I just, I personally went down and delivered some ammo to a client of mine because she couldn't get to the shop to, to pick it up, you know? Um, <laughs> we just, it's, it's everybody, you know, patting each other's back, really. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, that's how it's always been. I mean, you go out, um, I don't know. I just remember growing up hunting and, you know, you'd meet with a bunch of guys out in the woods, everybody put on their vests, everybody get out there, make sure they're safe, make sure their guns are good and clean and ready. And, you know, we'd have a plan and, and there was always a, a plan. There was always a, a safe, first came safety. You know, everybody make sure you're, you got all your safety gear on, make sure you have your sa your guns on safety, make sure you're not uh, just stumbling through the woods with your finger on the trigger, kind of, so to speak. Um, yeah. I think it's just important that, um, 
Uh, one of the things I was going to bring up is in Oklahoma here, we just started the constitutional uh, carry. So what they have here now is they've done away with, um, you, you basically can open carry here. They've done away with what I find is kind of sad. They've done away with the only time you have to do classes now is if you personally want to carry in your car or transport. So you can open carry in the state of Oklahoma, which to me is, is okay, it's great. Um, but you don't have to take any safety courses. And unfortunately, that's even for first timers now. So if a person wants to go get a gun for the first time, uh, they now in Oklahoma, I know every state's different, but in Oklahoma, you as long as you're 21 and up, uh, you are allowed to go get a gun with no safety courses. And that's scary to me, frankly. That's scary to me. Um, right, well, beca well, because we get it, we understand it, because you're not just gonna pick up a gun and know what to do with it. There's Correct. training that comes along with that. You know, yes. the first thing that I go over in my concealed class is lesson number one, safety rules. You know, how do we prevent negligent discharges? And, and I do call them negligent because you know, accidental means it, they spontaneously combust and guns just don't do that. No. Um, you, you've done something to that gun to make a discharge and that's negligence on your part. Um, but carrying without any training he, he, here's here's my issue with that if you are in a safety situation and, and you're needing to use that that weapon now in in public to defend yourself i hope i'm not standing next to the bad, bad guy when you shoot correct because you've had no training yeah we don't know that you know how to handle that weapon uh that that's the scary part to me and you know i've been around him long enough i've shot enough guns um and and i've been through a lot of things i boxed in my life i did a lot of crazy things you know i butted heads with bad guys and, and good guys and just been you know a crazy guy but at the end of the day i don't want to be in a society where it's okay to go get a gun purchase the gun put it on your hip and walk around in public and an incident comes up or let's just say a criminal's on the run and sees that open carry gun and go right. for it and you have somebody who's maybe not as and i don't want to i'm not boasting on myself i'm not a super badass but i don't want somebody to go run up grab a gun from someone who is not trained in self-defense or how to protect that weapon on their hip right uh, right and then that become a scene where we have a mass shooting in the middle of a parking lot because someone just carried a gun and was not aware of how to handle themselves how to protect that weapon on their hip uh, let alone, like you said, if you're standing by the bad guy and someone without training is shooting and they're not able to lock into a target or even know, you know, have a little bit of restraint on the trigger, uh, they shoot before thinking, th you're, it's just a situation, it's a disaster. Absolutely. I mean, I I personally would not open carry myself. I would and, never. And, well, right. So we, we, we think a lot uh, the same ways about this. Um, I would never open carry. In that situation, like you said, you have to be aware of your surroundings. One of my advantages in a situation if someone is coming to attack me or a loved one um, is, is that they don't know I have a weapon with me, okay? Yeah. If, if they see that weapon sitting on your hip and they have come in to rob the convenience store that you're in, you are the only person in that convenience store that they know of at the time can fight back. You're target number one. Correct. And, and as far as open carrying, I mean, I know that the police open carry, we're not all cops, um, but they've been trained in that. They're, they're many, many hours. That's what people don't understand is there's so many hours that go into right. it before they even become an officer. Their open carry holsters have such retention on them. I mean, they're like a three-step holster to even, to even get that gun out of the holster. Everybody else, uh, you, us, you know, 
civilians, we're not, we don't have those same holsters. We don't have that same training on weapons retention. I mean, I can train you guys on weapons retention. I know what to do, <laughs> but again, you're saying they don't need the training and, and that's where there is discord. Um, I'm all for gun rights. I'm not trying to take gun rights away from people whatsoever, yep. but I think that the safety in carrying needs to be reinforced. I agree. And I think it's only smart. It's just an intelligent, you know, people talk about gun rights, gun safety and this and that. And I really just think training in general, it shouldn't even be a on the board for discussion. I think it should just be across the board, state to state. Everybody should be trained in a firearm for a, a minimum amount of hours on the range as well as in the classroom. Right, and so that's what I tell people. Uh, as far as what I do, uh, my, my concealed weapons class is also a basic fundamentals class. Okay, we go over the, the safety rules. We go over you know how we do our grip, how we do our sight picture, how we're actually gonna use the gun um, so that we are accurate. And then I really recommend them coming in for private lessons. And in between them coming in for the concealed weapons class and applying for that permit, as that permit, you know, they're having their background check and everything done, and it's being mailed back to them, I really recommend them finding a gun that they like, practicing with a gun that they like, getting to know that gun before that concealed carry permit shows up in their mailbox and they strap it to their body. Correct. I would agree. And that's just common sense. Um, you know, it's um, not so common anymore, though. It's not, <laughs> across the board, across the board, we, we have a lack of common sense in our society today, in this day and age. It is absurd, um, but it makes sense. I mean, you're you're putting all the you're putting all the safety measures in place before the person even has the gun in public, and and, and that makes sense to me. Protecting your home, having a firearm in your in your home to protect your family, and you're in the middle of going through these courses. Uh, it's not only proactive, but you're still able to defend your home, but you're not in public with it, waving it around at people or have the potential of, as we discussed, if, if you're open carry, you're a target. You know, for the police, they hear a gunshot, they run to the scene. For a criminal, when they see a gun or a weapon, they run to the weapon. Right. And so if it's an unarmed individual who's on the run, he's going to run and grab that gun or he's going to grab that knife or whatever the weapon may be he can get to, to defend himself in a situation. And it's, it, to me, it makes sense that you get your courses done, get your concealed weapon. Don't be carrying it around beforehand. Don't be keeping it in the glove box. If your training's not complete or, you know, it's like anything in life. Are you going to go play pro football and not have a, a lick a day of practice in football? No, you're right. not. Um, it's, you're protecting your own life. But the, the biggest thing to remember, I think, in, in all of gun use and, and possession is, is knowing that you're protecting not just your life, but you're protecting the lives around you by having proper training. Right. And right. I'm pretty strong. I feel pretty strong about that and always have. Uh, when, when they announced the constitutional carry here, I was like, wow. You know, and this is such a pro-gun state. I mean, every, I, I can go literally to Walmart and you can see dudes with the bulges in the shirt and you can see guys with it on the hip. It, it, this is a pro-gun state of it, all the states in the United States. This is a crazy pro-gun. When I moved here, I was like, wow, everybody just walking around in the open. It's wild, wild west. Um, but I'll tell you, you, you got guys that'll walk right up to you, have a full conversation. And, and, and I know guys that literally forget they even have the gun on them. Uh, right. they, they literally will be having a conversation, doing, going about their business and literally have that gun in their hip under their shirt and that you would never even know. And they don't even, sometimes they're like, what did I do with my, oh, there it is. You know, they just don't even, it, it's not a thing. Well, um, I think that when, when you get to that point, when you've been carrying for so long, um, 
like I tell people, when you've been caring for as long as, as, as well, I know, I, I know I have, um, it just you just get used to that feeling of it being there. It's almost right, an extension of who you are. I'm an inside the waistband carrier, and I just am so used to that feeling of a little extra tension right on my right back hip, you yeah. know, um, that when it's not there, it feels weird. You're missing something. Right, <laughs> like, right, like, right, Where's right. my cell phone at? I lost my phone. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's no, I lost my gun. <laughs> right, exactly. So the other things I wanted to discuss while I have you here is I, I'd like to have some of your opinions on, on some of the things going on in the world. So we've got, number one, let's start with this, this Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, the, the very, very crazy that everybody's blown up in the media about this kid who is out in the street defending, to, to me, defending himself and his life. Yes. No matter what, I've seen the video of what happened, what, how it all started yep. uh, from what we know. But what is your opinion on that situation with that kid? Do you believe that was self-defense and rightful justification in his shootings? I absolutely believe it was self-defense. Um, in the law, it states that you are justified in using deadly force if you reasonably believe that your life is in danger. He was one kid. Yep. He was on the ground. He was being beaten. Anybody else in that situation would feel that their life was at danger. Tell me how it's not self-defense. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And I don't know, even, I, I understand that the kid had, he was part of a, a teenage police training uh, type thing um, from what I've looked into. So he's had a little bit of training, obviously. He's very familiar with that gun. He, he, he did a great job handling himself with the gun in, that, in the midst of that chaos. Yep. Um, that being said, um, there, there again gives a good check mark for gun training. Uh, yep. Here's a kid that young that was able to handle himself in a crowd of who knows hundreds, hundred at least people in a street protesting or or fighting it, and and him in the midst of being the target, and he walked away. Right, um, and, and and the funny thing is, all all of us people that have had the training and in the gun community, we know he've had training because that finger is off the trigger. Yes, yes. <laughs> we know what to look for. Well, and that's funny too. There was a photo somebody posted on Facebook of, of a, a black gentleman and his family, and there, it says, "Do you have a problem with this picture?" And they're all carrying guns. He's holding the, the toddler in his hand, and I'm like, "Why is it, Why doesn't the kid, the toddler, have a Nerf gun at least?" You know? Right, but right, if you right. Look at the picture. The, the the youngest or the middle youngest. He, his fingers perfect fit, you know got it off the trigger in the picture the dad's the same way holding the toddler and yep. I'm like well that's that's great that that's a great picture I don't see anything wrong with it other than the kid needed a nerf gun right you know, right just, right just for fun um, I mean he's part of the family too right so. <laughs> correct and, and hey if he could get the cat or something I don't know um, so I'm looking at so we, we've talked a little bit about the self-defense I mean in my opinion if, if you're in any way, a, there's a threat to your life, in my personal opinion, you have the right to defend yourself in any, in any way, shape, or form. And, and I consider that, I've been in situations, uh, I didn't grow up in the, on the nicest side of the track sometimes, and I, I grew up in Miami, I worked down in Miami in Little Haiti, uh, some of the batteries where they, the, the police would tell you, if you're over there over the tracks past you know, daylight, we're not coming to get you. you know? and, and you just knew, that was back in the 90s when I worked down there. And, um, it was, it was just, I grew up on, t on streets of Tampa. I, I used to, my dad lived in Tampa. I used to walk those streets at, at night. Uh, some of the, see some of the craziest things. I've seen people die in those streets. I've seen people get shot right there in front of me. Um, I've been in instances where uh, me and several friends just leaving a club one day, uh, five, six guys jump us, one with a pistol pointed at my friend's head uh, that didn't fire. He grabbed the gun, walked away. We, the, 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 all of them kind of scattered as he grabbed the gun from the kid, but it didn't fire, he got lucky. 
Um, but I, I, I feel, in my personal opinion, self-defense is probably, you hear about it, but it's probably one of the most underrated law or conviction things there could possibly be. I, I feel a lot of people that do defend themselves end up in more trouble than, than what they deserve. Uh, I hate to say that, lack of a better term, but, and then I also feel that there's, you know, uh, Florida has stand your ground. I mean, that stand your ground's become a very, uh, very scary situation every time you have a stand your ground. Right. You, how do you so, feel on that? So in, in stand your ground, so Florida does not technically have a law that is called stand your ground. The, the, the law is called the justifiable use of force law. Okay. And what it states is that we do not have a duty to retreat from any given um, unsafe situation. Some states are retreat states in which you are responsible for retreating away from that situation as much as you possibly can before you are justified in using force. Um, so standing your ground is a little bit different verbiage than no duty to retreat. Makes right. Sense. But people have come to call it the same thing. It's just saying you don't have a responsibility to retreat, which stand your ground. I guess they, they've come to call it the same thing. Right. Um, I'm 100 percent for self-defense. And, you know, if you will, stand your ground. That's the whole reason I do what I do. I, I feel like when I teach my classes, it's a social service. Each one of those students, I feel like, is better equipped to keep themselves safe and their families safe when they leave my classroom. And that makes and sense. that's why I do what I do because I believe so strongly in it. Um, I, I first started shooting you know, 10 plus years ago because I was a single mom of two kids. I'm five, three and a half. Right. What am I gonna do to protect my children in our home if somebody breaks in? Yeah. So I started shooting. And I just fell in love with it and became a very strong advocate for self-defense. Yeah. Well, that, and that makes sense. I'm going to stop real quick. Um, that, that makes total sense. Uh, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people get into it for probably the same reason. Single mother, uh, you want to make sure you can defend your family. Um, my mom was a single mother. My mom was an amazing woman. Um, she, she was a first woman uh, volunteer firefighter in Benita, Oregon. She, she taught EMT one, two, three, I think all the way up to four, uh, put herself through school, worked emergency room, uh, taught at the Lane Community College. My mom was, was at, she wore every hat she could wear as a single mother. And there's one thing my mom always carried and my mom knew how to use well, um, was a weapon. Uh, she always yep. had a gun. And, and my, my dad, uh, going back a little bit a little backstory my dad was a very abusive man uh, my mom had suffered it from abuse from him in front of us children we had a pretty pretty rough childhood we witnessed a lot of, of horrific things including murders um, but my mother uh, the one thing about my mother my father who feared nobody was scared of my mother and my mother could hit a dime at at, at a pretty good distance with a 38 revolver and, nice. and, and I mean, it was a pretty, she'd do it. At, sometimes people would just come over to the house and she'd do it just to do it and show everybody, hi, look at this. And pretty amazing shot with a 38 snub nose. That's and, impressive. Uh, <laughs> and, yes. And she would, and she'd nail it every time. And my dad, that was one thing that my dad was, was very fearful of her. He, he knew, you know, you're, the abuse ain't going to go very long, you know, and she did finally get us away. And, and it was kind of a horrific situation, but I guess we'll save that for another episode, but but a lot of people do get into um, the, the self-defense side of things, and, and I'm very thankful that my mother, when we got away from my father, 
my mother did not keep us from guns or keep us and make it to where the gun was the enemy. The gun was the bad guy. Right. What you're, what you witnessed with your father is, is that's horrific. You should never use a gun again. Uh, I, I'm thankful she never was that parent. I'm glad that she was like, you know, there's a time and place to use a gun. There's a time and place to have a gun. Uh, first and foremost, you don't just carry a gun to carry a gun. And somebody brought up a good point to me a while back, uh, many years ago was, when, when you have the intent to carry a weapon, and, and this isn't for everybody, but the, when you have the intent to carry a weapon, you see guys that carry a knife on their side, you see guys that carry guns, but most of the time, some people aren't wired right. And sometimes carrying a weapon puts you in a position where you most likely are gonna have to use it. Right. And some people aren't always ready to use it. And some people are and are looking for a reason. Yeah. And how, yeah, how do this, you feel on that? I mean, I, I think that me me carrying a weapon, you've got to be able to show self-restraint. Correct. You've you have to have some self-control. You cannot just be out there like some crazy vigilante, you know, thinking every every moment is an opportunity to whip your gun out. Um, I agree. It it kind of reminds me of a situation I had a private le- a private lesson with a woman. Um, and we were shooting and she started crying in the middle of our lesson. And so, you know, put the gun down. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's put the gun down. When emotions are coming in, we got to stop. Right, right, right. What's, what's going on here? And she shared a story with me that she had actually been raped. Okay. God bless her. And she was raised though, like you were saying, your, your mom raised you knowing what guns were all about and they were for people to use and to be safe. She was raised, um, in a state and in a culture where she was always taught that guns were bad. Right. Guns hurt people. Only bad people have guns. Yeah. Um, but she had been raped and she never wanted to go through that experience again. So here she was learning to shoot and she was warring in her, within herself, you know, they're bad, they're bad, but I don't want this to happen to me again. And so th- that was the reason for the tears. And she explained that to me. I just kind of, I raised my hands up to her for a high five and she kind of looked at me funny. And I was like, you had two choices in that situation. You can be a victim the rest of your life or you can fight back. And yes. this is you fighting back. And that takes strength. And I'm so proud of you. That's um, an awesome story. A, a lot of time, you know, a woman came to me for a class because her son's home had been broken into. And he had a, a new wife and a new baby. And he had to shoot and kill the home invader to keep his family safe. And to her, that was just too close for home. So she came in for training herself. Um, all of these stories, and I, I'm just... I'm glad to be of service to these people, yeah. especially, I mean, and these, this was a while ago, especially in today's, yeah, hot, <laughs> yeah, it's, the a t- heated, climate of today is correct. just awful. We have a heated climate in our society right now. Um, I, you have I, people wearing a blue line shirt, getting shot, getting killed because they're wearing a blue line shirt, walking down the street. Yeah, I, I, I have a real hard time with, um, you know, and I'm pro-law enforcement. There was a day and age Absolutely. when I was getting in trouble as a young kid that I'd probably not, not have said that statement. But I'll, I'll be honest, even then, when I would get in trouble, I was the first person that would have my hands up if yep. I was in a crowd of people. If the, if the officers came up and we were being arrested, I complied. I did Absolutely. what I was asked to do. My, and, that, and the funny thing is... A lot of people ask me that, you know, ask me about that, and yeah, your white privilege, this, that, and the other. Well, no, it boiled down to my father, who was who was a murderer. Uh, my own father taught me that when the police catch you in the act or are there to arrest you, you surrender. 
Now, this is because a man, bad things can happen if you don't. Correct. I mean, and this is a man who held me, my brothers and sisters, at gunpoint and had a police shootout with the police when we were young. That was my that was my last memory of my dad before my mom and dad divorced. Was my dad literally putting us up as a shield and having a full shootout with the police department until he ran out of ammo? Is the way they caught him. And that's my early my last memories of seeing my dad before they divorced and they took him into custody. My father also murdered people. I witnessed a few as a kid. And I mean, these are, these are just crazy instances where our society will murder someone over a t-shirt. They will murder someone over what, what a cause, their belief or their saying. Uh, if you say all lives matter, you can be shot. Um, it, it's, we live in a society that it is so crazy. And I look back at some of the things I've lived through and it's like, my dad still as a criminal, even as a criminal, doing the things, that, you know, he wasn't just a thief. He wasn't just breaking in houses. My dad was a murderer. And he was willing to go out in a, in a blaze of glory with his children. But he still taught us in that weird criminal crazy behavior and mentality that he had that if the police catch you, you, tur- you, tur- you comply. You, you right. cuff up. You go to jail. And, and then my dad was really, he, he went to law school. He's a very smart man. He, he said, and when you go to go to court and you get in trouble and the judge sentences you, you do your time. Right. Crazy. I mean, so even as a think. criminal, he had respect for the position. He for had respect posi- for the authority. Correct. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you and don't here, have that nowadays. And here's what I posted on my Facebook just recently. I mean, if people want to follow me, I'm at Lindsay Guns on pace on Facebook, um, my instructor page, and a lot of good topics on there as well. Um, no matter the color of your skin. If you are being told to do something by the police and you don't do it, bad things are going to happen. I mean, just recently in in, in the the article that I posted along with that caption was a a white man recently being also shot to death by police. Mm -hmm. But no one has heard about it because he was not doing what the police were telling him to do. He was running down the road and he had a weapon and he was turning his weapon and he was shot and killed because... You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And that's a fact. Uh, <laughs> I 100% agree with that. I have, I have never, and I've witnessed a lot of crazy, I mean, just touching on the things I have, but I've, I've witnessed so many crazy things in my life, and I've, I've had friends shot that did not comply. Right in front of me. I had an officer pull a shotgun on one of my friends, Eric. This was back in high school. Blew his brains out right there on the spot because Eric reached for a gun. His family asking us questions afterwards. Um, it was just insane. And, and he was one of my best friends. And I, and I just, I, I witnessed it. I saw it. And, and after the fact, and all these years later, I reflect on it. And it's like, all he had to do was not reach for the gun. All he had to do when the officer had him like this with his hands up, all he had to do is keep his hands up. But the second he dropped that arm, the officer didn't know if he was going to reach for the gun to throw it or if he's going to reach to shoot him. And right. it was a justified, even his family, his father at one point, uh, when it went to court and, and it was all heard in the hearings and I came in as a witness, his father went up and hugged the police officer and told him he doesn't need to live with that guilt. Right. That, that he killed his son. His son was doing bad things. And, and he said that right there in the hearings. Um, it, it just insane. It just, just really it touches on what the culture we're living in now where you have all these defund the police and... I'm sorry, law enforcement is there, and, and as far as I'm concerned, law enforcement will stay. Uh, no matter how Culture radical and crazy now. people get, we need law enforcement. Uh, yeah, yes we do, because anarchy will happen if we do not have some sense of decorum. Uh, if law enforcement is not there, people are going to run amok. 
I mean, yeah. that's what that's what keeps people from doing some of the things that they would otherwise do. And you know what? You may be all for, you know, defunding the police until you are a victim. Correct. And then you're going to wish they had been there. And guess what? It's too late by then. Well, and it's it's you're going to wish they were there. And then it's it's I look to too is like my mother's elderly. I mean, I look at. Uh, you got people that need the police and, and us younger people living our lives, owning our businesses and working each day that are busy. And we do have our mothers and fathers that are doing doing their thing um, at home or in retirement homes. I mean, they're susceptible to be victims more than anybody because they are vulnerable to it. Yes, and for are. us to to say, let's defund the police and leave my mother vulnerable to a break in and a shooting. That That's just that's crazy talk. Yeah, it doesn't um, sit know, OK with you. elderly need the police more than anything. Um, as well as as many others, but but it's just insane when I hear the defund the police thing, uh, which I don't think in our ever in our lifetime we'll ever see anything like that, uh, because I think it's just retarded, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, <laughs> it's retarded. It, it really is. Um, so let's let's go into some other things. Let's. Um, what is what is a good? This is just something I wanted your opinion on. What's a good weapon to carry? Okay, so isn't that such an open-ended question? Yeah, um, of course, I know people everybody ask, had their preference. Once they get, become a gun owner, they always find what their preference is. But what's one that you favor? So my personal case, so I can answer for myself. My personal carry is a Glock 42. Okay, and okay, why do you a, carry that? It's it is a 380. It's the Glock. It's single stack, which means it's thinner. It's easier for my five foot three and a half frame to carry. Okay, um, I, I do recommend that people always carry on their person. Um, women don't carry in your purses. Uh, the the heaviest thing in your purse is going to be that firearm, and it's going to find itself all the way at the bottom of your purse. And by the mm -hmm. time you reach it, it's going to be too late in that situation. Um, statistically speaking, if you have to use a, a, a firearm in defense out in public, you're working with three to five feet of distance. You're not going to get to that gun in time. Um, right. And a short period of time frame that you have to react. Oh, well, tell me how fast somebody can be on top of you in three to five feet. Seconds. Uh, not even seconds. a second. Yeah, not, I mean, just I mean, a, an initial uh, lunge in five yeah. feet, somebody can be on top of you. A snap of the fingers. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're there. Um, as far as what guns to carry, I always tell people that there are certain brands I would go with as opposed to uh, brands to stay away from. And that for me really just has to do with reliability. Yes, um, because it, you it, want it, your gun to be reliable. <laughs> every time you pull that trigger, you want it to shoot. Yes. Right? Yes. And so you you do get what you pay for. Um, I, if, if you can't afford a reliable gun, save up for a little bit longer and get that reliable gun. Buy once so you don't have to, you know, get rid of the one you got initially because it doesn't work. Right. The gun for you is going to be the gun that fits you, the gun that feels comfortable, comfortable. in your hands, yeah. because you're not going to carry it if it's too big and too bulky. It's going to stay at home, and at that point, that's your home defense gun, which is fine, um, but your home defense gun really should have about the largest capacity that your hands can comfortably manage in a firearm. Um, st again, statistics just tell us that if somebody breaks into your house, you've got three people to deal with, not just one. Mm-hmm. So you want that home defense gun to have that larger capacity. You really want a gun that feels comfortable in your hand. Um, because if it feel co feels comfortable, you're going to take it to the range to shoot it more often. Yeah. Which means you're going to be more comfortable and confident in your ability to use your firearm. You're going to be more accurate with your firearm. Um, just don't buy the ones that have poor reliability. So don't order one off of Wish. 
Oh dear God! Oh, Can you imagine? You end Can up you... getting a rubber band gun in the mail. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I would agree. Um, you know, that's that's one of those things. There's a lot of things in life you shouldn't skimp on. Toilet paper is one of them. Firearms <laughs> is another one. Uh, Absolutely. We should definitely not skimp on our toilet paper, and we definitely should never skimp on something that's going to save our lives. Right. Well, like I, that's why, if you don't have the money now, save a little bit longer because what is your life to, worth to you? Yeah, I'd rather that wear is the price you're putting on. The, yes. Than to have a firearm that's not going to shoot when I need it to. Right. Right. That makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, as far as manufacturers, there are better manufacturers out there. There's there's Glock, there's Springfield, Smith & Wesson, there's Walther, Sig Sauer, which they, they kind of hold my heart. Um, <laughs> yeah. And people will find when they start getting into this, they do have brands that they like. Um, but those are some really good, reliable brands out there. Excellent. Yeah, Sigs have always been number one. Glocks are, you know, Glocks have been around forever. Uh, Springfields are great guns. Um, I, I tend to favor the SIGs, you know, those are those are kind of ones I always lean towards. How do you feel about these riots? How do you feel, uh, I was just reading, I got the statistics here, we got eight, $8 billion in damage, a thousand police injured across the nation, 36 people dead as, as related to these riots or protests. How do you feel about that? Oh, the peaceful protests. Yes. Um, <laughs> where do we go with that? Um, it is not about social injustice. Not anymore. This, this, is, de uh, this is destruction for destruction's sake. Mm -hmm. Okay? You're not robbing the shoe store for social justice. And it's not helping your neighbor or community. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's awful. Um, and I think this is why a lot of people are starting to arm themselves more. Um, it has not found its way down to my state yet. It has not been in your state that I know of, but guess what? In we, our we state, had, had people have guns. Yeah, we had yeah. a little temporary issue yep. here when it first started in Tulsa, and Tulsa police and the new police chief, who I love, uh, they put the fire out real quick. I right. mean, they came in and they, Shut it the down. they had the National Guard show up because they didn't have a real plan, and these kids kept scattering and moving. And they worked till about 2 or 3 in the morning, if I remember correctly, and they pushed them into an area where there was not any civilians that could be hurt. And they kind of circled them and quarantined them into one area, and they said, look, you're going to disperse or we're going to arrest you. And then and slowly that's exactly... they started breaking up and going away because they realized there's no, they're not going to let them burn businesses here. And why aren't these other cities doing that? It's, what are they thinking? And then they want the government to pay for the damages done to their city when they didn't control it themselves. I just, I don't understand the mindset. I lean, I lean toward, in most cities and states, when you want to do a rally or a protest, you have to pull a permit with the city or at least notify. I feel like whoever the organizers are, these organizations, whether it's Black Lives Matter, Antifa, whoever it may be, I feel like the organization and or the entity that pulled the permit to do the protest is the one that should be held accountable. And by accountable, I don't just mean by how much money was was spent destroying a city. I mean, they should do jail time uh, if, if their organization's going to go into a city and destroy it. Uh, and I feel like that's more an ends to a means uh, type of thing, but I feel like they should be held fully accountable. And I don't think the federal government and me, you, the taxpayer, should foot the bill for watching a city like, let's say Portland, be destroyed for over 100 days. Uh, I grew I grew up out there for a while. I lived in Springfield and, and uh, Eugene, Oregon, and from five to fifteen. And I, I just was out there about seven years ago, eight years ago. I lived out there for a little bit, and 
I, I, I would be, there's no way I would go back to living in an area where my, my leadership of my community, my state, is going to allow 100 days of, let's say I had a business in the middle of downtown Portland, they're gonna allow 100 days of my business being disrupted and my, my revenue for my family being disrupted uh, in order to make a point that they are a liberal or a civil rights leader in, in the United States. That is not what I signed up for, that it would not be why I voted my governor in. Um, if anything, it would be to help support my business. Uh, scary, it's scary. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, and agree. I know a lot of people talk about, well, where's the, you know, where's where's the president? What's he doing in this? Well, he's trying everything he can, but let's be real. With politics, we're in an election year. Is he going to go in there full force and and really clean these out, clean these people out, and make it a big issue? No, he's not going to right now. And his hands are tied. And if he did, that's what they want him to do. If he did. Because can you imagine the outcry if he did? Oh, it would be immediate removal. They, they would immediately, oh. it wouldn't even be about an impeachment hearing. They would find a way to yank him out of the White House and have him put in a federal prison. Absolutely, uh, because he's being too civilians. extreme. And yeah, I can't. You so, know what? I, I feel like he, he is sitting, in my opinion, he is sitting back. He is waiting for this election to happen. Once he is elected back into office for his second term, that's all he's waiting for. Yeah, and I do. Once I feel, he's I back in office, way. it's going to be contained because then he's going to go in yep and do what he wants to do he has offered help to these cities and has been denied they have denied his offer and and that's again that's just asinine to me yep i have a lot of things i can i you know i I try to be very even keel when it comes to politics and i try but it's it's getting so hard it's getting so hard when you have the, the, the vice president nominee, Kamala Harris, stepping up and doing an interview the other day and literally saying these protests are not going to stop now. They're not going to stop till after the election, no matter who's elected. So, in other words, what we have to look forward to, whether Trump's in or she's in and, and Biden, uh, what we have to look forward to is more of this. And she's saying it will not stop. And so at that point, I have to step back no matter what side of the aisle I'm on. And I have to say... This president's really done good for us in this administration. He really has. Now, there's some things. The main things I, I would love to see is, is health care change. I'd love to see some sort of serious health care reform go on. And then I would be able to say Trump's done it all. Um, right. Because that's really the one topic I feel that I know his hands have been tied with a lot of the Obama uh, restrictions and things they put on it when they put, when they made it. But I feel like health care would be a huge issue if he covered that and got reform on it, a reform that worked for everyone. Um, but that being put aside... How am I supposed to go along with a presidency of, of someone who's saying they're okay with and it is okay after the election when they're elected to allow the violence to continue? Um, and that's coming from our leader. I mean, that's coming from the vice president's seat. That would be horrible. Yeah, coming from a vice presidential, no- vice presidential nominee, and I essentially feel like she has threatened us. Uh, and I feel the same they, way. They are going to continue, just so you know. I, I was recently threatened myself. Um, and lost my employment. So if anybody knows of any employers out there hiring, um, not as firearms instructor, but my day job, you know, the one that actually pays the bills. Um, yeah. I so was that, threatened that on was Facebook. Because of the cancel culture is what happened to you. You have yes. people that go ahead yes. and tell that story. Uh, I posted a meme on my Facebook page, and uh, someone got a hold of this meme and shared it with their friends. So, so this group of about eight people started messaging me nasty things. They threatened me um, once I, because I, 
once they started threat their threats, I blocked them from my Facebook account. Yeah. Then they went and found my Lindsay Guns Instagram account and started threatening me there. They told me um, that this was just a warning that more people are coming. This is not a moment. This is a movement. Um, I wanted to respond to them and say, bring your movement to my doorstep and we'll handle it the way I'd like to handle it. Get get, get out from behind your keyboard right. and, and we'll handle this like men or women. <laughs> right? <laughs> and but I didn't. I didn't even give him the time of day. I just blocked him. They they took the same meme and they sent it to my company that I worked for. Uh, told me to have fun standing in the unemployment line with my white privilege. Um, mm. And I was essentially fired from my job because the owner of that company is super liberal. And I had you know Trump 2020 as a banner on my Facebook profile picture. Right. Um, so I am currently looking for employment, but you know what? They're, they're, they do that to try and shut you up. It is, and it's what we hear is the cancel culture. It's, exactly. If, if you don't agree with us and you're not going to comply with us, we're going to go ahead and shut you down. Look, I am no Tucker Carlson, okay? Right. <laughs> but they're trying to do the same thing to him. Correct. You know, shut up, Tucker, shut up, or else we're going to come to your house and threaten your family. Who are these people? I mean, what is wrong with you that you would do that? Because we have a different viewpoint. And you know what? They are supposedly the tolerant left. Yeah. yeah. They are well, so you know, tolerant. You hear, that, you hear that tolerant all the time. And um, I'm sorry. If you're a tolerant person, you would remain at home. And, and if, you, if you have an issue that you need to change in society, you would step up in a court of law to start legally handling that situation. You would, if, if you have a problem with an institution or the way a state or law is ran, what do you do? You go to your state legislators and you, you start pushing to lobby for a change in that law or a change right. to implore, implore a new law. Or better yet, why not these people step up at the local level and start taking city council seats? Go ahead and start getting put into these seats if you want to make these changes you need. And then at that point, step up to the legislative level in the Senate and the Congress in your local state. And then if you really get good at it, go ahead and step up to the federal level. But as much as I say that, it scares me that they would do it because they'd right. be stuck with their laws being implemented. However, when you hear these people in the street and they're destroying cities and they're doing everything they're doing and, and the cancel culture, trying to get people fired like you, uh, just trying to smear them in the mud because you're not – they don't agree with what you live by. And, and at the same time, you won't fall into their in the line and, and, and right. agree with them. So they're going to just ruin your life. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, horrible. You know, yeah. uh, there has to be a, a level of accountability to say um, an employer should be held accountable for firing people for that reason or for any reason. And I know there is legal recourse for that, but there, there's it's, it's just absurd that anybody would fire a good employee or any reason for any reason other than a job performance. So right. and unless so your that, job performance is bad, you shouldn't fire someone because of their belief. If, if I'm working for a Democrat or a liberal, I, I, I own a construction business. I do a ton of work for people. Uh, one of the one of our clients is a lady who is a Senate seat holder here, and she is a Democrat, and she needed a, a complete backyard outdoor space redone. Um, uh, the first thing we discussed was I'm a Republican, she's a Democrat, and she talked about her her point of view and what she's trying to do to change and made sure I understood and heard her, and I did. And I explained to her that I disagree with a lot of it, and I'm willing to do the best work of my ability on her project. 
It has right. nothing to do with politics. Uh, right. I would not go and ruin her work or her job or her project, not just to, to make my company look bad, but I would not go do that because of her beliefs. I would never go work on a client's house and say, well, this, this silly Democrat, I'm going to show them and go do something bad to them. I would never break a contract with a client for that reason. Right. Um, it's, it's sad to see this cancel culture become what it is. And es essentially, that's what I said uh, upon my termination. I said, remember back in the days where people didn't get fired for anything except for lack of job performance? Correct. I was fired for something that had zero to do with my on-the-job performance or ability. This is on my personal Facebook page. Yep, which should have no nothing uh, toward your, your work performance. Right. Absolutely. It, it has nothing to do with it. They, mm -hmm. they, they told me that the reason for firing me was they have a zero tolerance policy on racism. That's why they were justified in my termination. I said, where is my racism been displayed in this company? On top of that, the meme that I posted was, was of Kyle. And I said, it was a white kid that shot white people. Where yeah. is the racism? Yeah. And it's funny that the media, it's, it's, it's funny that the media has not spun that because you really can't. You can't spin that into being a racist thing because he was just defending his life and the people that were yep. attacking him weren't necessarily black or any other color. No. Uh, right. And the ones that were did not, they were smart enough to stay away from a guy with a firearm. Uh, the ones that got close were the, was a kid with a handgun who got himself shot and, a, and yep. the guy that thought a skateboard would beat the gun. Um, and unfortunately, in, in all the cases that, that happened in that, very unfortunate for their families, but it, it, it didn't pan out well. And it usually never does when you have a firearm against uh, a, skateboard? a skateboard or a firearm <laughs> against a man with a pistol. You know, that's the, another thing that's, that's always been on my mind is uh, you see criminals or you see like uh, the questions I asked in that instance was, first off, I wanted to know why Kyle had a gun. And I looked at it and I researched it and I checked out and found out why he had a gun. He was trying to protect yep. himself and while they were cleaning and doing things in the city. And he was also there to kind of help protect the businesses is what That's he said. And there's a video yep. of that. Uh, what my second question was, the guy that got shot in the arm, what was his reason for carrying a pistol? Right. And nobody asked that. Nobody in the media asked that. Nobody looked into that. But why was this kid carrying a gun? And then my third thing was, if I'm carrying a gun and I'm the guy that got shot in the arm, if I don't have the, for lack of a better term, the balls to, sh to pull that gun on a kid that I'm feeling whatever the motions are going on, if I'm going to pull that pistol on this kid with a rifle that's getting attacked and I'm one of the attackers, but I'm not, I don't have the balls to pull the trigger, right. why in the hell am I there with a pistol in the first place? Well, why was he there with a there in a, with a pistol in the first place? I mean, I know in Florida because you know I teach the class, I teach the laws. Um, you are not allowed to carry a gun in a place of nuisance. Yeah. Okay. And essentially, a place of nuisance, legally speaking, is any place, any place or group engaged in criminal or gang-related activity. Mm -hmm. Well, that riot, that what peaceful protest, was a place of nuisance. Yeah. Legally, that guy should not have been carrying a firearm. Period. Yeah, and I think in this state they have, a, I think they have similar, I don't know to that degree as far as like the nuisance level of it, but I know in this state, uh, if that were to occur in this state, I think what we would see is charges on the level of um, that kid with the pistol having a firearm in the commission of a felony is a big law here. So in other words, 
the, the act that he had assaulting or even attempting to put someone in the fear for their life with that pistol would have put him in a felony position with a firearm committing it, and therefore he would be looking at felony charges. And that's kind of the laws that I see more in the news here in this state. And also, um, you're not allowed to carry firearms um, when you're drinking here. Uh, even having it in right. your glove box and you going to a bar, having a beer, and then hopping in your car uh, or being in possession of it on your person, whether you drank a beer or not, is, is completely – that can lead first-time misdemeanor, second-time felony. Uh, that is one of the big things, too, that uh, I think he'd be looking at here. Um, and I would, I, I think it would be safe to say that a lot of that crowd that was going on there probably weren't all sober. Right. Well, they probably weren't all sober. And you know what? You know, I, I saw a meme that said, you know, what are the chances that the three people Kyle shot have a criminal history? Well, here's the thing. When you're participating in criminal behavior, such as they were, most likely it's not your first time. Yep. Correct. I mean, so what are the chances? I'd say the chances are pretty high. Pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping this up. Um, I do want you to go ahead and give us a mention on your, your Facebook site. Give us the name of that. Go ahead and give us a quick plug on exactly where we can reach you. Uh, people in your area that hear this, I want them to be able to reach out to you if they need to do classes and a place where they can reach out to you on your Facebook. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to, to give a little plug like that. Um, I, I can be found on Facebook at Lindsay Guns. Um, currently, my concealed weapons classes are held at High Noon Gun Range on Bee Ridge Road in Sarasota. They are every Saturday at 1 p.m. I am actually currently looking. I've just been approached to start a women's shooting league, which we have over 10 women interested in that, and we are kind of firming up what those classes would look like when they would take place and we are deciding on a name for ourselves um, I also do the private lessons I kind of schedule those on a case-by-case -case basis but most of that information can be found on my Facebook page Lindsay Guns excellent excellent so what I'm gonna do is at the end of this I'm gonna go ahead and get this through editing and I'm gonna go ahead and put those links on my website and I'm going to put those links on our, everywhere where we tag this video or I mean tag this audio uh, on the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and tag the links to your Facebook page. And that way people can find you easier that way too. I appreciate it very much. No problem. And I hope to do this again. Maybe we can do this more regularly. And uh, when topics come up or things come up or we have questions or callers, audience uh, calls us with other questions on guns, maybe we can do this in the future. Maybe on a, whether it be a biweekly or monthly basis, we can talk guns. That I, uh, hey, I'm all up. I'm all for it. I like that. You know how to get a hold of me. So. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, you have a great day. Thank you very much. Thank you.